I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Alicia Scott, who's Director of Diversity and Inclusion and Talent Management at On Semiconductor. Alicia, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Romy. I'm happy to be here. Let's just dive in. I'd love for you to start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, your career progression, and, uh, and what you're doing now. Yes. So for over 20 years, I've been with one company uh, on Semiconductor. That's Previous very mobile. unusual. Yes, That's amazing. It is, especially in today's day and age. Um, but very happy about my career and the time at this company. Um, so over 20 years, I was actually an engineer, and uh, as of the past couple of years, uh, transitioned into this role, heading diversity and inclusion and talent management at the company. Uh, so I graduated uh, from the East Coast at the Rochester Institute of Technology with my microelectronics engineering uh, degree. Uh, had about a three to five year plan to be out in, in Arizona, get some experience under my belt, belt and then move uh, back east. But here I am over 20 years later at the same location and at the same company. Arizona kind of just grabs hold of you there. <laughs> I can imagine why, because it's freezing here today in April. So I get that. And I'm from um, Buffalo, New York. So, so you get it. <laughs> I get it. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, there's, there are many pushes in the world right now trying to get more young women and women of color into STEM. What made you go into STEM? Great question. So actually, uh, when I was in high school, um, I did pretty well in math and science. And uh, a couple of professors took notice to that and really uh, talked to me about, you should consider studying engineering and being an engineer. I was like, what is an engineer? Didn't have an engineer in my family, you know, uh, hadn't had any experience on what engineering was. So I shared that information home at home with my parents and they're like, okay, let's do some uh, research. Let's look into this. So they actually enrolled me into an after school program focused on STEM. And through that program, I was actually able to study up on different engineering disciplines and decide on college is what would be my next step to actually study engineering. And that's what set me on my path. That's great. And so I imagine throughout your journey, both academically and then professionally, you have often been one of the only women in the room. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And what's that like? And how have you managed that sort of experience? Honestly, I I don't pay too much attention to it. Um, It's it's been uh, since I'm in a male dominated uh, professions from from day one, even when I was uh, studying uh, engineering school, I was the only black female in my class. So I just had to figure out how to, to pivot and, and work with, you know, my colleagues um, in that manner. Uh, but I have had some ex- experience, uh, experiences. I mean, I shared the positive one of how I was really pushed into STEM, and that was rare to see, you know, female pushed into STEM in high school. Um, when I was in college, I actually had a very negative experience um, with one of my professors. Uh, this was towards the end of my engineering program, and I was having some struggles. I wasn't doing so well. And one particular professor, instead of really assisting and, and helping, he straight out literally told me, this is not for you. you That's should so awful. Out. That's yeah. horrible. I mean, how is it to, to hear that? And it crushed me, right, as you can imagine. 
So I had to step back, think about, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Uh, I, I actually scheduled some time and discussed it with the dean of the engineering school and had some conversations with them. And you know what? Instead of it kind of like extinguishing uh, my flame, he, he really was a spark. He really like set the fire under me and said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing forward. A little and, uh, lesson in resilience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I guess that's really what has uh, carried me on throughout my career. And it's given me opportunity to really explore. I mean, on semiconductor, it's given me great opportunity to explore different um, areas of engineering. I mean, I've been in reliability. I've been in product engineering, product development, business operations. I mean, I've had a, a, a wide range of opportunity at the company. And like you mentioned, resilience has been, been key. And so what made you make this last pivot away from technology and into more uh, general management, talent management? Oh, I could spend the, the rest of the interview talking about that. Um, I'll start with some data. I'll talk a little bit about some data. The um, McKinsey & Company, Women in the Workplace, a report you may be familiar with, right? And it talks I about am. <laughs> the, uh, the lack of representation of, of women in, in the uh, leadership ranks at companies. Specifically, maybe one in five C-suite leaders is, is a woman, and one in 25 is a woman of color. And then when you talk about technology uh, industry, it gets even a little more uh, disparity seen there. So uh, for me, uh, I was actually approached. I was uh, recruited because of the work I was doing on the side as a chair of one of our affinity network groups. My current boss saw that I had that passion and she decided to take a risk on me knowing that I had no experience at all in human resources, but all the passion of the world in DNI. And I really wanted to be part of the solution. Like, what can we do at the company to really address some of the things that we were seeing similarly to other technology companies and addressing this long-lasting issue of a lack of representation at the top. And I could really utilize my experience and, and work that I had at the company to really help drive our DNI uh, objectives forward. So not to completely put you on the spot, but in not just for you and where you work, but in, in the world as a whole, what can we do? What is the thing that would dramatically reverse that McKinsey trend? I think it's, it has to take so many things. Uh, it's not just one thing that you know you can pinpoint to that's going to really move the needle. Uh, a few things that we're doing at the company to really address it, uh, we call it our integrated plan or focused areas to really try to move the needle and, and change, um, change things is look at policies and practices. What do we have that's been instilled over the years? Maybe address some of the things that can be changed. You know, for instance, we just recently implemented a flexible work from home schedule and vacation policies for employees because we are a global company and deal with different levels of interaction across the globe. So we look at things there. We look at, you know, what do we want to do from a recruitment standpoint and, and succession planning? So we have our pillar of fill. Uh, the talent and succession pipeline. And we look at our, our work strongly or closely in partnership with our talent acquisition team, We're looking at you know interview, interview training for our hiring managers and recruiters. We have activities going on looking at metrics when it comes to our succession plan. So a, a lot of work is done uh, there as well in partnership with our, our ODE team. We also look at development and training. Uh, we work with our learning development organization and building up an actual module. We have actually developed DNI coursework from uh, the entry level uh, professional all the way up to the leadership ranks. We have coursework all throughout the levels in the company. 
We look at uh, overall the communication and awareness. You have to get the word out. And day one, when I got into this position, the, the head of HR, he told me, Alicia, get on the road. <laughs> Go visit other sites. You know, this is a corporate initiative, but you need to understand exactly what we're dealing with in the different regions to um, speak to their language and what they need to address uh, there locally. And then at the end of the day, we need to be able to measure it. So how do we measure success and, and looking at metrics and benchmarking to help, help move the needle? Well, it sounds like you have a very ambitious set of activities that you're tackling. And if that doesn't move the needle, I don't know what does. So that sounds incredible. You've talked a little bit about managers. And one of the questions we're asked by our audience a lot is, how do I find, how do I look for a good manager? What kind of manager should I be looking for? What do you think makes a great manager? So I can reflect back on, on my, uh, my past and all of the managers that I've had and, um, over my career. And I think there's a few key uh, characteristics that tend to stand out. One, that we're a great leader. Um, we're able to really set a good vision, set strategy, and really help set the, you know, the stage for what the team is, is, is striving to do. Uh, I would say also they're very um, good at you know, challenging you, making you think outside the box and really pushing for levels of excellence, not really just dealing with the standard. And personally, uh, good traits of a, a good manager are they're trustworthy, uh, supportive, and reliable, someone that you can go to and deal with both work and life issues. And, and those are the things that I really strive to, to focus on as, as a manager myself. And um, since we are living in this terrible world of COVID, how do you think that changes in that relationship between manager or managee in this crazy work from home virtual world. Yes, and I have to say over 20 years uh, working at the company, this is the very first time having, having the work from home um, environment. So this is very new to me. Crazy. A lot very, of us are adjusting very quickly. Very different, very different. It requires you to be a little bit more collaborative and come up with different methods and ways to really pull the team in. Inclusivity is huge in making sure you're not missing out and losing the voices of some of the, you know, the key uh, players of projects and things that you're working on. And over just overall being a little bit more flexible. Uh, I, I see or tend to see that now that we're in this type of environment, that people are connected to the technology. And when you're in the, the workplace, you, can, you get to walk out of the office or go to the cafeteria or, or walk to somebody else's uh, office and, and have a discussion. You don't uh, get that opportunity in, in this environment. So you need to be able to set time to disconnect too, to refresh and be recharged. Absolutely. I'm such a proponent of that. I, you know, I think what's been interesting for me is how much I was using physical or nonverbal cues in my management and how I now, I, you know, I can't rely on that at all. So it's been a really crazy learning for me. Still working on it. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about taking breaks. You know, how, how do you think about work-life balance? And you've obviously you've been working very hard for 20 years in a beautiful place. How do you incorporate some self-care and work-life balance into your schedule? Yeah, so for, for us at On Semiconductor, we tend to call it work-life integration <laughs> because, because there's so many times that you may... Uh, actually have to deal with that imbalance of work and personal. Um, for me, it could be very early mornings with talking with Europe and, and late night evenings talking with Asia and Japan. So for those late night evenings, coming in a little later uh, into the office and in the morning uh, for the early morning calls, maybe leave early. 
and um, actually making sure you put time on the calendar to take some time off and just take a break and get away because that's really needed to be efficient at what we're what we're doing. And I'm just so happy that On Semiconductor really has those great policies to work from home and having those flexible vacation options so so that we have that opportunity, like I mentioned, to really deal with that work-life integration uh, process. Personally, for me, um, how do I kind of recharge or kind of uh, keep it fresh? Being in Arizona, as you mentioned, is a lovely place to be, especially during these times. Taking a lot of opportunity to hike. I'm very lucky in that the trail to the mountains is literally about 20 seconds away from my doorstep. Oh, that's amazing. private entrance to to hike my neighbors can find me you know biking around the neighborhood uh right now so so making sure uh doing those types of things right now in this environment and once we get past COVID-19 I I hope to to keep that as part of my routine yeah absolutely it uh, must be an incredible setting to be working in (laughs) every day Yes, I talk to my parents all the time who are um, right now stuck in New York. Uh-huh. <laughs> I keep telling them, we need to move to Arizona. This yeah. is the reason why we need to be For in this sure. type of environment. We yeah. may all need to move to Arizona. <laughs> I know. I know. I guess the heat will keep you away, though. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why we don't have everyone living here. <laughs> so here's the hardest question I'll ask you today. Tell us about a mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? Great question. For me and my career, the biggest mistake I made was at the point when I was actually promoted as a manager the very first time. And I was promoted amongst my peer group, and I was also the youngest in the group. So you can imagine that that comes with certain things that, you know, some people questioned the decision. Some people uh, probably thought others were frustrating, right, (laughs) to take on the role. So I dealt with a, a lot of dynamics. And for me, the, the issue was I was still trying to be a teammate. I was still trying to be a part of the, part of the group. And that was the, the biggest mistake, uh, the biggest mistake that you can make. So what did I learn from that? Um, one, you can still work on being personable without being personal. You have to make that shift from being a part of the group now to managing the group, but still have those relationships and connections that you have when you were in the group. And the second thing that um, I learned that took way too long to realize and put into place is really start building those relationships with my new peer group and really focus on the work that I need to do in partnership with them to really drive uh, that organizational strategy forward. Good lessons, both of them. I think those are very uh, astute and honest and true things that women especially, I think, learn as we move up the ladder. Um, And it's challenging for sure. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Let's move to the fun part. What is your favorite karaoke song? <laughs> karaoke? I have to say, I, I do not do karaoke. <laughs> I, um, I'm not a, a singer at all. All right, I so love, you'll I opt love, out. I love to dance. Okay, dance. so what will you dance to? What do I dance to? If I had to uh, go back to really what set uh, things in motion for me, and I'm dating myself right now, Janet Jackson going to her Rhythm Nation and um, her video pleasure principle. Uh, I could do that video today. (laughs) I think we're going to have to take that, take that offer and set set up a webinar. (laughs) Break a knee or hurt an ankle, but. (laughs) I love it. That's fabulous. We talked a little bit about this, but uh, your favorite way to exercise sounds like it's hiking. 
Yes, hiking, um, very good for the body. And it's also very meditative. You know, it when is. you're out there in, in nature, you get a chance to really just, you know, take it all in. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to have dinner with? So for me, and reflecting on this, this one person um, I thought about, her name is Mary Church Terrell. You go back to the early 1900s. She's one of the very first African-American women to graduate with a college degree. And her life's work was very instrumental in pushing uh, forward racial and gender equality. Um, so I would love to just sit down and have a conversation with her to understand her experience and see what that was like at her, in her day and time. I love that. I'd like to come with you. <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful person to me. What book has had the greatest impact on your life or what book would you recommend to our audience? Um, so for me, and I'm thinking of, uh, along the lines of what's been impactful for me, and not along the lines of a book, but a magazine. So I'm going to share a magazine that um, I even read today, uh, Essence Magazine. Yeah, it focuses on um, beauty, entertainment, culture, business, targeted towards African-American women. And for me, um, you know, really being able to see positive images as well as powerful stories that I can relate to has really been impactful to me over my lifetime. I love that. I, you know, I come from the publishing industry, so I'm just happy to hear that print is still relevant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Very relevant. Um, lastly, so at Fairy God Boss, we have a tradition. We think women don't brag enough. We're not good enough about talking about our own accomplishments. So will you brag to us? Tell us about something incredible you've accomplished. Okay. So I'm going to say for me, my entire life's journey to this point has been a, a great accomplishment for me. I guess I wouldn't see myself where I'm at today uh, if you were to talk to my younger self. And some of the things that make me who I am start with one. I graduated the first black female with my microelectronics engineering degree at RIT. I went on to receive my uh, MBA from the WP Carey uh, at, at ASU. I've been a, a proud member of organization uh, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated uh, for over uh, 25 years. And as an international uh, public service uh, organization really dedicated to community service, which has been uh, bred in me from, from my early years. I have been a business owner for multiple uh, business ventures in partnership with my husband. And again, going back to On Semiconductor, just being able to say I've been at one place for my entire career with uh, the opportunities to a wide range of um, work has been just absolutely just wonderful. Well, I think you're pretty inspirational and very ambitious. I think that's incredible. Incredible. Love to hear that, Alicia. Thank you for doing that. So I, I have really enjoyed getting to hear your story and learning from your experience. What is the one piece of advice you'll leave with our audience? Our audience constantly wants to know, how can I advance my career? How can I improve my career? What's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience with? So there's one thing that I learned um, that came from a talk that I had at the company from one of our board of directors. His name is Dr. Curtis Crawford. And he said something that was you know, so simple, but pretty revolutionary. It really stuck with me. And it was learn the organization. Take time to understand how the organization operates, how Such business is done. It's just, it's just so simple, but so powerful. You know, why people are doing the work that they're doing and ask them why. 
And I think the why is the key part. My, my mentor, she um, gave me a great quote, and it states that people who ask what will always work for people who ask why. It's a great quote. And I, I love that advice because I think it's not something people would say explicitly and it makes so much sense. And we assume people walk into the workforce knowing all these things they don't know. Really great advice. Do not know. Just take time, like look at the org structure, see why people are aligned the way they are. And, and it gives you just a great clear picture of what, how the business operates. I love it. Well, Alicia, it's been wonderful spending time with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on Fairy God Boss Radio. Thank you, Romy. I, I really enjoyed my time speaking with you. And thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.